When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. I don't know who the backup quarterback is going to be in San Francisco. We know who the starting quarterback is going to be in San Francisco. We have no idea what's going to happen with Trey Lance. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Find him at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So Sam Darnold is in as QB2. For the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance is out. That means Trey Lance ends up third on that depth chart in San Francisco. And upon that news, we learned that Trey Lance also was not at practice today. So that seems like a bizarre turn of events. Let's hear from the 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan, on making Trey Lance the third stringer. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're giving up on Trey. This is more of how Brock played in his seven games, and that was decided before the season started. And then how good Sam's looked. They both looked good. But we do have to make a decision here, and you only get so many reps at it, and um, we feel... Um, you know, starting about 10 days ago, Sam really separated himself and um, we got to keep it real in that way. But mm-hmm. I feel very, very fortunate to have both of them here. I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here and uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much, but um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that. And I think the other quarterbacks in our room would, and I think our team would. Trey's a very well-liked guy, one of the better people I've been around. And I do think he's going to have a lot of success in this league. It's been a tough road for him because... He, the times he has gotten an opportunity, um, he ended up getting hurt and missed that window. And now he's sitting in this position, and we'll always try to do right for Trey. Um, if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that, we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. That was Kyle Shanahan on KNBR. The end of that soundbite was interesting to me, Joe, where if there's a better situation, we're not going to do anything to hurt it. In other words... If Trey Lance wants to be somewhere else (laughs) and there's a situation beyond us, then he has our blessing to do. Like, that's how it felt to me, right? Is that how it felt to you at the end? It feels like he's saying he's not at practice because we don't want him getting hurt because we want to trade him. And if he gets hurt, we're stuck with him. Right. And that's happened to the Niners before. They've been they have been snake bitten with injuries at the quarterback position. Lance Garoppolo couldn't stay healthy in the pre-Shanahan era. There was the Colin Kaepernick injury that cost the team when he hurt his ankle late in the season. They wanted to move on from him, but they couldn't without being fully on the hook for the contract. It was like a whole mess at the end of that run as well. So they understand what's at stake here. It's similar in a way to what the Raiders did with Derek Carr last year. They didn't want to start him late in the season because they didn't want to risk the injury and the trade value, but they didn't end up trading him for anything anyway because they didn't structure the contract the right way. That's a story for another day. The Lance situation, it's been determined. It looks like you're not the guy. You're not the number two guy. We're going to try to move on from you because you just don't get it. This, This doesn't strike me as a, you know, we just need to develop him a little bit more. Maybe he's not ready. This strikes me as, man, we've had you in the building for three years. There's no way you can do what we need you to do. 
We've seen enough. We as fans have only seen four total starts. But I think Shanahan and the Niners know he's not going to be smart enough to run the offense they want to run. From what I've read, from what I've come across, he is fine if everything goes the way it has to go. But if the play breaks down or something blows up, that's it. He, he, he is incapable of making the play, and that's just not going to work for a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl. No, it's certainly not going to work for that team. They don't also have time to really let him develop because they are a win-now team that's absolutely loaded with talent, and so they've got to go with the guys that are more ready to help them win right now. And apparently those guys are Sam Darnold, who has a ton of starting experience in the NFL, but I think the real damning one here is Brock Purdy. The fact that Brock looked so much better when he walked into that system in a rookie season where nobody had him highly touted coming out of college where he didn't have NFL ready level experience where he wasn't supposed to be that guy so all those things that you heard about Trey Lance you know he needs some time he might not be NFL ready yada yada blah 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 like all of those things apply to Brock Purdy I I mean tenfold because he was Mr. Irrelevant right I mean he almost went completely undrafted and then for that guy in his rookie season to be able to walk in and have command of that offense it didn't look good for Trey Lance. It's one thing if Sam Darnold looks a little bit better with all the starting experience that he has in the NFL, even though it wasn't anything spectacular. It's another thing when you have these other guys coming in, getting drafted to that team, and looking so much better than you right out of the gate. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo also run that system very effectively. It feels like everybody gets it except for Trey Lance. So he's on the outside looking in. But also, what does that do to his trade value? Them making this decision now does indicate to me that they are going to try to do something with Trey Lance. They're giving themselves time. Otherwise, why do you really need to, you need to name QB one so that he can work out with the ones. But why do you really need to name QB two right now? And it feels like they're naming QB two because they're trying to send a message to everybody else. Hey, we don't need Trey Lance. We're open for business. If anybody, if anybody wants to make an offer, the other though, thing that could happen here, Joe, is they hang on to him because they can't move him. And because it's a team that needed every single quarterback and then some in last year's NFC championship. So they are a snake bitten franchise. Are they taking a chance if they let Trey Lance walk? <laughs> Just from a body perspective, I guess the flip switch of that is they can bring in another body. I mean, I, it's, it's rare that you're going to make a deep run in the postseason and you're going to cycle through, you know, five different quarterbacks. It's not just Purdy getting hurt late in the season. I mean, they lost. They, people forget Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy last year. Mm-hmm. He went down. And then the whole thing started from there. I mean, for it to happen again. Well, it started yeah, with Trey Lance. Remember, it was, it was like it was Trey also. It was Lance. Jimmy, then Trey, and then Brock, right? Well, and Trey, then they all hurt. And then Trey McCaffrey and then was throwing Jimmy. passes. Because okay, they yeah, wanted Trey. to trade right. Jimmy. They wanted That's to right. trade Jimmy, and Trey got hurt, and Jimmy was Week just one. away from camp. They said, stay healthy, we want to trade you. Like they weren't he wasn't even around. He wasn't at training camp, he wasn't at anything. Lance gets hurt and also plays very poorly early in the season. They go to Garoppolo, and then they figure they got something cooking. And then wasn't it the I want to say the Miami game, but I might be wrong, when Garoppolo went down and then Purdy stepped in and Purdy carried it the rest of the way. Right. It it you truly have to be snake bitten to have that kind of run again. So if you want to hang on to him for that reason, fine. But I, I think they have realized they made a huge mistake. And I would love to know how they got the evaluation so wrong. Because talent-wise, you watch him on tape, you work him out, you see what he's got. You know if the arm strength's there, you know if the accuracy's there. But the mental aspect of it, 
During the pre-draft process, you're putting the guy up on the whiteboard. You're asking him questions. You're saying that the defense lines up like this, what do you do? That's exactly what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes did. That's where those two fell in love with each other because they were apparently on the whiteboard all day. Andy was ordering food so they could hang out in there and keep going through football stuff. And that's where they realized he was the guy. Like, did the Niners not do that? And if they did, did they somehow like miss in the evaluation that he couldn't pick up the concepts? Or did they just assume they could coach the concepts up and he'd be fine? Either way, all-time miss, all-time miss of an evaluation to give up three firsts and a third to climb from 12 to three and pick Trey Lance when guys like Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, and Micah Parsons all went right up until your spot at 12. Micah Parsons went 12th. Imagine him playing next to Nick Bosa right now. That would be crazy. Right. I mean, you could have had him without trading anything away for him. I, I'm sure they would they would take the mulligan if they had the mulligan, but then they kind of got it because whatever their evaluation was of Brock Purdy, and man, I would love to give those scouts some true serum because they look like absolute geniuses. Do you think they even had Brock Purdy on their draft boards? Or do you think that was like, by that pick in the draft that late, are you just like taking an arrow, you're throwing it at a dartboard, and you're like, yo, quarterback, let's just like whatever this dart they- lands on, that guy. They fell ass backwards into a field of four leaf clovers with that pick. Right. That is exactly There's what happened. Zero chance that was look, Purdy. they evaluated him and they clearly liked him, but you Did drafted they? him with the last pick. If you liked him that much and he played quarterback, you could have used a fourth or a fifth or a sixth on him. You used the last pick. So, I mean, you realized eh, there might be something but it was not some some secret. Like, like yeah, like Belichick knew Brady was the guy. Right. We can wait all the way until the sixth, and then we'll, be, still be, we'll be gold. Yeah, yeah. of course. No Coming way. up next year on Joe and Amber. I guess we have to tell you why the Dolphins aren't going to win the Super Bowl. I used to like yeah. this segment. All of a sudden, I don't. That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So we've been having a lot of fun 
telling you why your team won't be winning a Super Bowl. Now, anybody can do that for the worst teams in the NFL, but we've been having some fun picking on some of the best teams from around the league, why they, the ones that we consider Super Bowl contenders, will not actually be winning a Super Bowl this season. Normally, I like this game today. I think I'm going to like it a whole lot less because let's start with my Miami Dolphins. Why your team won't win the Super Bowl. Oh, no! We suck again! With Joe and Amber. There's a chance we won't win? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, my Miami Dolphins. They may not win a Super Bowl, Joe, just because they never win a Super Bowl. <laughs> they they hardly ever make a postseason, and when they do, they darn sure don't win in the postseason ever. But a franchise that has been disappointing for many, 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 many years is also a franchise that is wildly talented now. So, Joe, even with all this talent, tell me why my team's not going to win a Super Bowl. Why... Or what are you wearing around your neck? What is that? Are you distracted by this? This I've is been trying to an audio medium. I'm not sure that this is as interesting to the audience as it is to you, since you quickly. Can see I just me need to know Zoom. though. It's a heating pad, man. It's a heating pad. Eh, That's neck, a gigantic heating pad. A, I've never I, seen a heating pad that big before. Well, and here's the thing: I love heating pads, and so I often. You lay on heating pads. I use them way too often, and this one got a little close to the mic. Yesterday, I had it on my back and it got a little and there was interference and I thought like that's that's probably not good from a radio perspective but then also I'm pretty sure the no. heating pad's gonna give me cancer also so <laughs> the idea of using a heating pad in August in Florida quite interesting considering <laughs> the usual temperatures down there all right so here we go why the Dolphins won't win the Super Bowl this year I'm very intrigued by this team, but it's going to be a lot of the reasons that are obvious. Can the quarterback stay healthy? Because we saw what Miami's offense can do when Tua Tungavailoa is healthy. They can score a lot of points. That comeback early in the season against the Ravens was one of the best football games of the year. But when he went down with injury, this team could barely move the ball. Skylar Thompson is not a capable backup quarterback, or at least he wasn't last year. I don't know if he's taken another step forward this season. Defensively, they had problems last year, but they made two big moves. They brought in Vic Fangio and they brought in Jalen Ramsey. Unfortunately, Ramsey's out until at least December from what I understand, but Fangio should get that defense into shape. Add in a tough division, add in a tough conference. They're not going to win the Super Bowl because they're just not there yet. Although Miami's day looks like it might be coming. McDaniel's a guy I wasn't sold on. I was dead wrong on that. He's a fantastic head coach. Oh, are we already sure of that? I mean, I'm with you. I think he I seems like great, but are we already sure? It feels a little soon uh, for that for me, but certainly I'm excited about the future and the direction there. And I think that what's going to help Mike McDaniel here is the fact that he does go from Josh Boyer to Vic Fangio. I didn't have a problem with him keeping Boyer there from Flores' staff because that defense was so good under Brian Flores. Well, now I think we know that that was really a Brian Flores thing, right? He was a defensive guy going into it, a DC to head coach. It mattered a whole lot when that defensive mind left that franchise. So now Mike McDaniel corrects that mistake, brings in Vic Fangio. It's a great move. There's been a lot of great moves by Chris Greer and this front office, which is a general manager that we spend many years on local in Miami being somewhat critical of. He certainly has helped his record of late. All of that being said, it all comes down to the health of Tua and it all comes down to the health 
of everyone else surrounding this team inside that absolutely stacked division and inside that absolutely stacked conference. So if the Dolphins aren't competing for a Super Bowl this season and aren't really competitive in the postseason, it's going to be because of competition and it's going to be because that quarterback can't stay on the field. Otherwise, even without Jalen Ramsey, which, man, that's a huge blow to this Miami Dolphins team, but otherwise, even without Jalen Ramsey, even if they don't get Jonathan Taylor, it is a stacked team on both sides of the ball in terms of talent. It's just unfortunate for the Dolphins that everybody else in the AFC is also good once they've finally gotten good. <laughs> so yeah. That's very, very frustrating as a Miami Dolphins fan. You never, you didn't feel like capitalizing on... The Jets and the Bills being terrible for so many years, Dolphins? No, we decided to get good the same time that they all got good. Got it. Good plan. Good plan, Miami. <laughs> Let's move on. And even How is it that you can find a way to complain about your team even when they are good? Like well, Miami's never good. Because they you haven't be done excited. anything. They haven't you done anything. I mean, God forbid they win a game in the postseason. Nevertheless, talk about a Super Bowl. But overall, I am excited, and I agree with you. I am excited about that head coach. I, I, I think that that may look like a, one of the better hires here over the last few years, even if uh, maybe they kind of stripped and fell into it because it seems like Stephen Ross actually wanted Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and all of that blew up in his face. All right, let's move on to the New York Giants. Tell me why the Giants won't be winning a Super Bowl. The Giants aren't going to win a Super Bowl because they're not as good as their record last year indicated. Now, people that support the team are going to be furious with that commentary, but there's a lot of data that backs it up. They were 8-4-1 and one in one-score games. They started hot and fizzled late. They had a negative point differential. Somehow the Giants had a winning record, but ended the regular season having allowed more points than they scored. These are all huge red flags that while the team was good, they're not as good as indicated. That's okay. It's a rebuild in New York, but people are getting way out over their skis with this team because they think what they saw last year was legitimate, and now they think they're taking another step forward. The Giants will be good. They won't be great. They're playing in a division where they're not going to get past Philadelphia or the Dallas Cowboys, which relegates them to a wild card spot. And if they're third in the division, that relegates them to a tough wild card spot where you could find yourself on the road in a place like San Francisco to open the postseason. And that could be very problematic. I would buy giant stock now. I do believe the Giants are a good future play down the road. I just don't see them as a legit Super Bowl contender just yet. Calm down, Big Blue fans. Your day is coming, but it's not here yet. This was arguably the worst run defense in the entire NFL, even though this was a Giants team that overperformed this past season. They did try to improve on that front. It could be a problem once again for this Giants team. This Giants team generally did improve. I mean, they put their money where their mouth was in terms of Daniel Jones. They were able to do that and still bring back Saquon, which was a surprise to many that they were able to get both of these things done. Then they got Waller from the Raiders. So that certainly gives Daniel Jones another weapon. They're a big body presence on the inside. There's good things that they did here at Campbell Hyatt. Like there's good things and reasons for me to believe that this giants team is actually going to take a small step forward and not a step back, which a lot of people are predicting Joe, but even a small step forward in that division ain't probably going to be a big enough step. So for me, it's a weak NFC, but it ain't a weak NFC East. This comes down to the competition around this team. 
I agree with you. I think that this is going to be a good New York Giants team. I think I'm hotter on this team than a lot of people are. I don't expect Daniel Jones to regress, even though he got paid. I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes, though. And I don't think that this Giants team is going to end up being as good as the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. So that would be why they aren't winning a Super Bowl. It's more about everybody else, a little bit less about them. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, what are the Kansas City Chiefs going to do about Chris Jones? We will get into the Chiefs because, of course, James Steele is producing, so he has to build in a Chiefs segment. (laughs) Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. There are some other big names, including one of the best D tackles in the league on the best team in the league. So let's talk about what's happening in Kansas City. James Steele, calm down. I see you way too excited that I just called your Chiefs the best team. You said it, not me. They won the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going out on a limb to say that. Okay, we'll see how it plays out this season. Let's bring in some help, though, with the Kansas City conversation. Sarin Petro, 810 WHB in Kansas City, joining us. And Sarin, thanks so much for your time here. Obvious holdout here with Chris Jones. We saw on social media that he is now saying that he could hold out all the way until week eight. How seriously is anybody taking that in KC? Oh, that was a big one. I mean, he he likes to, you know, kind of drop his little social media uh, buoy, if you will, every so often. It's kind of like if, uh, you know, I don't know if he's looking for attention uh, or to keep the uh, intensity turned up on the Chiefs in the negotiating front. Usually it's some kind of saying like all things must come to an end or something like that. So when he talked specifically and went back and forth with somebody on Twitter and they said, hey, you know, when are you coming in? He said week eight. They said, well, you're going to lose a lot of money. He said, I can afford it. You know, that, that got people's attention more, and I think it got Andy Reid's attention. I mean, uh, today he was asked about it, and it's the first time he sounded kind of irritated. He doesn't like holdouts. Uh, they've paid a lot of people a lot of money over the years, I think, because Andy Reid maybe pushes to, to get it done, maybe overpay a little bit. They're not in a position to overpay anymore with Patrick Mahomes' contract, and I think that's irritating Andy Reid a little bit. How concerned is everybody? I mean, if he's... Week one against Detroit's a pretty big matchup, and as great as the Chiefs have been, 5-0 and uh, in week ones under Patrick Mahomes, they did rank middle of the pack against the run last season in terms of average yards per carry. They were number two in sacks with 55, and Jones was a big part with 15.5. If you don't have him against the Lions, that offense might be able to get some cooking done. Yeah, I think, you know, the original part of the question, how concerned are our Kansas City fans? I mean, there's concern, but I mean, it's it's a it's on a level of 
you know, having just won your, your third championship as a franchise, second with this group of owner, coach, GM. Uh, they, you know, they also in 2018 had the number 31 defense in the NFL and were a D4 to offsides penalty away from going to the uh, Super Bowl while beating the New England Patriots. Now they ended up losing that game in overtime after the penalty. But you know, there's a feeling that this offense can erase a lot of mistakes on defense, that it doesn't have to be great. So they're concerned. They're definitely going to really hurt in the pass rush. I think that's a great point because we've seen them here in the preseason. They've really struggled. They also signed Charles Amenehu away from the 49ers who didn't have big sack numbers but had great pressure rates, and he's now been suspended for six games. And I think the uh, Chiefs thought maybe – four tops, you know, two to four would be the range, but uh, he got six games, so they'll be uh, be without uh, their best pass rusher and the guy that they signed and gave good money to to upgrade the pass rusher. So that's the big concern. Can they get the other teams off the field? Uh, you mentioned it. They've never been great against the run. They always build to stop the pass. Andy Reid believes in winning with the pass. He knows you got to stop it on the other side, and so that's what their strength has been. Now, if you can't get to the quarterback, uh, it does. It's going to make for some difficult days and put even more pressure on on the offense. Seren Petro, 810 WHB, joining us here on Joe and Amber. Let's talk about the actual relationship, Seren. Is this just business? Like, business is business. This is just about money. If he gets paid, all will be well that ends well. Or do you think that there is a danger here that the relationship between the Chiefs and Chris Jones is going south? Uh, Chris Jones is one of the more uh, gregarious guys when you see him on camera, but he can also be, he's also a guy that you see sitting in the locker room kind of by himself. I, I, you know, he's kind of stoic at times as well. So listen, Chris Jones is a great guy. Fans run into him. There's a real popular barbecue place, Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, and he goes there like every off day, and fans will run into him. He chats with him. He's even sat down and eaten with him. He's a very popular guy and, and a very positive guy. I want, to be, I want to be clear about that, but he's also kind of a different cat. And, you know, I don't know how much that carries over uh, into the uh, into the rest of the locker room. Patrick Mahomes has said all the, the right things. Nobody's ever accused him of being a bad teammate. But, I mean, I think this is a little bit frustrating. Like, the Chiefs are up against the cap. They've got guys like Legereus Sneed that are, are probably looking to get their own contract done. They've got less than a million dollars of cap room right now because they really want to get this uh, deal renegotiated, create some more cap space, and maybe that could get a couple other guys uh, renegotiated, get them extended, uh, get them more money. And that's not able to happen right now. So there's some question as to whether or not some other people might be frustrated because they're having to take a number. And then the other thing that's unique is his agent, the, the Katz brothers, uh, broke away from Drew Rosenhaus, and really they have Chris Jones and eight other guys that are anywhere from the third tight end to the sixth wide receiver on rosters. You know, not really much of a stellar lineup uh, when it comes to, uh, to, to a clientele list. And there's some fear, I think, for some folks that, listen, they, they want to top Aaron Donald's contract. They want to make their mark as agents. And that maybe Chris Jones, who's very close to his agents, uh, is, is maybe caught in the middle. He's maybe being used as a pawn uh, to try to uh, you know, expose them and, and increase their clientele. And I think it's something that the Chiefs just aren't going to do. I don't know that they could do it uh, to try to get clear up to Aaron Donald money. I know that they have made a very lucrative deal that he would be definitively and by more than a million dollars, probably by two, two and a half million dollars. I'm, I'm hearing in the 27 to $28 million range. He'd be the second highest paid defensive tackle in football. Uh, and right now, uh, to this point, that hasn't been good enough. Any other concerns with the roster outside of the Jones situation? We talked about wide receiver last year when Tyreek Hill left for Miami. That turned out to not be a problem at all. How's the wide receiver position looking right now? 
You know, I think that's still the biggest concern. They upgraded the tackles. Orlando Brown left and went to Cincinnati. They got Juwan Taylor, and they've loved what he's done, his athleticism on the right side. Uh, They feel like they've upgraded over Andrew Wiley, who left and went to Washington. And they signed Donovan Smith from Tampa, who last year was hurt and and had one of his worst seasons. But they felt like, and the people I talked to said, listen, that wasn't the real Donovan Smith. Go back to 21, he ranked on the PFF grades as the 15th best tackle in football. That's the guy that they're seeing. So they love that the tackle spot, which was a bit of a question mark, really all last year, even with Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley, has really been upgraded. Their guard-to-guard is very strong. They expect Travis Kelsey to be Kelsey. You're right. It's the wide receiver spot. And it's, yes, they replaced Tyree Kill, and we're still the number one offense in points and yards last year. But you're still kind of still replacing Tyree Kill now. And you're now replacing Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who went to the Patriots, and McCall Hardman, who went to the Jets, who was their speed deep threat. So, you know, it, it, there is a little bit. I, my concern would be that there's a cumulative effect. Yes, they were able to, to still be very successful without Tyree Kill. They weren't better without Tyree Kill. They did it a different way. Well, now you're being asked to do it a different way from how you did it with Tyree Kill and do it without Juju Smith-Schuster and, uh, and, and McCall Hardman. So I, I think that is still... The big question mark, they really liked what they saw out of Rasheed Rice, uh, their second-round wide receiver from SMU. He had a big game last time out against the Cardinals. Great assault, it's the Cardinals. Uh, and then Justin Ross, who was fantastic as a freshman at Clemson and has really been hurt his last couple of years at Clemson, his first couple of years in Kansas City, is now finally healthy and is really turning some heads. So they're optimistic that they've got the replacements for it, but I think that's what you really have to look at. is, is do they, Because also Travis Kelsey at some point is going to start slowing down, and the wide receivers are going to have to pick up that slack as well. So that is the key spot to watch on the offensive side. Soren Petro joining us here on Joe and Amber. What about more help in the backfield? Could the Kansas City Chiefs be one of those teams that's interested in Jonathan Taylor? You know, what's funny is they, they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ahead of Jonathan Taylor in that same draft. They took him with uh, the 32nd pick, and he hasn't turned out to be worth that pick. He has been a solid back at times. He's battled injuries uh, both years that he's been in there. They really kind of featured him here in the preseason. Some of us are wondering, is that to try to maybe trade him, recoup some kind of draft pick for him, uh, and put him out there, or are they just trying to get him up to speed? Isaiah Pacheco was a great get in the seventh round last year. Jarek McKinnon is back as the third down back, and he's great at blocking and catching the ball. He had nine uh, touchdown catches last year out of the backfield, which I think is a record. Um, you know, I'm a little bit out of touch here. I think it was nine was the was the record last year. Anyway, they like them as a combo, but Isaiah Pacheco, you know, had 170 carries and then had shoulder and wrist surgery at the end of the year. So I don't think anybody feels like he's ready for a bigger load. I think they feel like he needs some help back there, and it's going to have to be Clyde Edwards-Lair. I, I think they would listen, but they you know, unless they're going to move Chris Jones in that deal, uh, then I, I don't think there's any way that they could you know, accommodate Jonathan Taylor with the kind of contract demands that he wants. They'll always listen, but I would be stunned if they were the team that actually pulled the trigger. Seren Petro, 810-WHB in Kansas City. Thanks so much for your time, Seren. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, this is when we open up the phone lines to you. It is your chance to weigh in. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Whatever you got for us, your hottest take, anything you want to chime in on that we talked about tonight. Also, if you miss anything here on Joe and Amber, please check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Your calls coming up next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This isn't a thing that we're giving up on Trey. This is more of how Brock played in his seven games, and that was decided before the season started, and then how good Sam's looked. But we do have to make a decision here. You can't do that and not have some people have to answer for that. 
We are going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation. 888-729-3776. But first, we got the news today that the San Francisco 49ers have figured out their depth chart in terms of the quarterback room and the dude who they traded multiple first rounders and a second round pick for is not going to be QB1 and he's not going to be QB2 because they are making Trey Lance QB3. They are making Sam Darnold QB2 and we already knew that Brock Purdy was QB1 there in San Francisco. Well, Kyle Shanahan the 49ers head coach, he was on KNBR, and he was asked why Trey Lance, now after this news, was not even at practice today. And these are conversations I have to have with guys a lot, and they're never easy. Um, they're really tough. Um, but it's also always tough when the spotlight's on it um, as much as it is with this situation, with you know, with it being Trey, with our quarterback, um, his pick in the draft. So I knew that was hard on him. Um, we had such a light practice today, and um, you know, watching how Trey was and when we talked, we just thought it was better, hey, take the day off, get away a little bit, um, clear your head some, and we'll talk later in the afternoon, and we'll get you back in here tomorrow. And uh, especially the practice we had today was our shortest one of the year first time we didn't do pads um and just felt it was the best thing for him it sucks to be Trey Lance right I mean it, it does it sucks I, I can understand why this hurts you're 23 years old your dream has never come to fruition and you probably feel like time and again your career has been derailed because of injuries and you probably feel like a lot of that isn't your fault you're not getting your opportunity to get your shot and show your worth and now I would imagine with the news today you were sitting in Kyle Shanahan's office and you kind of felt like Joe it was happening again like now another another chance here where you're not going to get your opportunity I he got his opportunity he's been there three years he's had every opportunity to win them over he's had every opportunity to show them he's the guy he he didn't do it the injuries, yeah, they derailed his ability to get on the field and play. But right. the injuries aren't what's keeping him from competing for the starting job. He just doesn't have the command of the offense. He can't execute. He can't do what Kyle Shanahan needs him to do. He didn't even win the second job. We're not talking about losing the starting battle if you're Kyle Trask. It's like, all right, you're a young guy. Mayfield's a veteran. We're going to go with him first, see how it plays out. He's just a bit ahead with the playbook. That makes sense. But you also didn't hear a story coming out of Tampa about how when they gave the news to Kyle Trask, they saw how he responded and their thought was, we should just send you home. It's okay. Like, think about Lance's response. It wasn't, all right, I understand. I'm going to prove you guys wrong, though. This is going to make me stronger. Whatever it was was the type of thing where they were like, why don't you just go home and take the day off? That, that shows you the resilience that is lacking in Trey Lance at the moment. He's a young guy and things like this happen, but the first response wasn't, I'm going to go out there and prove everybody wrong. It was some sort of emotional reaction that led to them saying, you know what? Why don't you just go home? Take the day off. We'll have you back out here tomorrow. Normally I am all in on piling on these guys who are adults in that situation because also this is a business and we know how brutal this business can be and it is part of that business. And if you can't handle the heat, then you're going to have to get out of that kitchen, right? Because things don't come easily in the National Football League. You and I are part of a cutthroat business. We know what that's like. But the only reason that I feel maybe a little bit 
more sympathy towards Trey Lance in particular is because of the way that things have gone for him over the last three years. And I don't have sympathy to the extent that if this thing drags on and he doesn't show back up and it's affecting his whole ability, then fine, because you are a professional and you're QB3 now, but you need to show up. You still have an opportunity there. You're still on a roster, on an active roster in the NFL. And as long as that is the case, you will always have an opportunity to prove your worth inside that league and to go ahead and try to work your way up the depth chart. However, in terms of the initial news, just because of how tumultuous things have been with his position, with the 49ers, getting the shot, you think you finally got the shot, they're going to move on from Jimmy, they're going to hand you the keys, and then bam, you go out there and get injured right away at the beginning of the season, and then beyond your control as you're injured, you watch some dude quite literally come out of absolutely nowhere and Wally Pip you and steal your job and Brock Purdy, and now you have Sam Darnold come over and do it as well. I could understand having some difficulty accepting that reality in the immediacy. It can't drag yeah. on because you you're still got your opportunity, Trey, and you're, you're only 23, buddy. Like, this is not the end of the book. Don't let it be the end of the book. But I could understand not reacting so well, maybe needing the day off initially just to kind of gather yourself. I get it, but at some point, grow up. It's football, and it's not like it was a surprise. You know every day where you stand at training camp based on the reps you're getting. He was not getting many reps. Purdy was getting the starter reps. Darnold was getting the number two reps. He was getting the three reps. If he's intelligent enough, which I'm sure he is, to understand where he was in the practice pecking order, as well as how he performed in these preseason games, he had to know this was coming. So then it comes. Now, you get emotional about it, that's fine. It's going to be a tough beat. But what are you going to do next? Are you going to be resilient? Because the resiliency hasn't been there so far. Remember, it's not like Purdy wowed everyone last season and then had a tremendous offseason. He was coming back from injury. He wasn't necessarily full go at the start of camp and OTAs. You had an entire offseason to win over that organization. And it's not that you didn't beat out Mr. Irrelevant. You didn't even beat out the backup. There's something significantly wrong with his ability to handle that information and that playbook because he's been there three years and he clearly doesn't grasp it. Well, Trey Lance also was coming off of injury, but you're right. He was there. Brock Purdy wasn't even cleared to play for some very significant period of time. I mean, we've seen him a total of, what, eight games total, I think, in his entire NFL career. And I'm not even talking about starting. I, I mean, we've hardly seen him. And so it's really hard if you're a fan on the outside looking in to evaluate at all the situation with Trey Lance. But I agree with you. They have had far more time than us to evaluate it. And if it looked promising, they wouldn't be telling us already that Sam Darnold is QB2. Let's get to your phone calls. Let's play some caller roulette. 13 black odds. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Randy, Randy's giving us a call from Arizona. Hey, Randy, thanks for the call tonight. Go ahead. Hey, great show, guys. Uh, uh, this is probably more to Joe, but I want to know how the schedule makers come up and give the Chiefs such a big advantage. Last year, they're 9-1 at home, the only loss to the Bills, 24-20. This year, the Chiefs' two big, or three biggest threats, the Bills, Bengals, and Eagles, they get them all at home. And by the way, Buffalo gets all three of the teams on the road in a 
five-week period, Chiefs have enough in their favor. They don't need any gifts having the top three opponents all at, at uh, KC. <laughs> God, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, all right, first off, it's not like they're able to do a whole lot in terms of fudging you know the schedule the Chiefs did have to go to Kansas City last year they did have to go to Cincinnati last year they did have some big road games it's it's pretty much set in stone you've got six games against your division one home one away for each of them you're gonna have your crossover division in the AFC two of those are road two of those are home you're gonna have your crossover in the other conference two of those are home two of those are road and they generally rotate that every four years or so when it comes up And then on top of that, if you finished first in the conference or the division like the Chiefs did, the two divisions within your conference that you aren't crossing over with, you get the number one teams from there as well. So I I don't really think the schedule makers are doing them any favors. Some years are going to look better than others. And this year looks a little bit better than some others. I mean, is it I mean that they do easy? have the Jets. They have the Jets on the road. It is compared to I mean, I understand what he's saying. Like a lot of your hardest matchups are yeah. there in Kansas City. The Eagles are coming to Kansas City, right? The Bills are coming Eagles, to Kansas Buffalo City. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I, Bengals are coming to Kansas City. That's what he's frustrated by. I can I see that. I, I wouldn't like that either. I'd like to see at least two of those three on the road. I get hey, it. Now that I'm looking at this schedule, uh, I mean, this thing fixed, James Steele, for your, for your KC? Here we go. For your Kansas City Chiefs? Like, I hope this, so. Is this fixed? <laughs> You're not even denying. Coming That's up, fine. Yeah, I'm good with it. Here on ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.